0: Ki mitzion Torah This is KMTT and this is Ezra Beck and today is Thursday and we have today Yeshiva on Parashat HaShavua Yeshiva will be given by Harav Jonathan Snowbell Rav Snowbell is from Yeshiva Taratzion. He's originally from Canada and I think one can safely guess that this might be the first canadian torah podcast so for those of you who are from canada uh, you can take pride in a native son the shir is in pashat ha-shavua for pashat i will be back after this year as usual with the halacha yomit
1: the muadim are mentioned in the torah in many different ways which highlights the importance and centrality of the muadim on the one hand or as the Gemara in Psachim says, and the multifaceted nature of the Moadim on the other hand. In Parshot Mishpatim and Kitisa, the Moadim are stressed as agricultural holidays. If we look at the Psukim in Parshat Mishpatim, we will see that the larger and broader context are Psukim regarding the agriculture. Vishesh Shanim Tizuat Arzecha, Ve'asafta et Tevuata. ושביעית, תשמתנה ונתשתה, ואחלו אביוני עמך, ויתרם תוכל חַיָּת השדה, כן תעשה לחרמך לזיתך. ששת ימים תעשה מעשיך, וביום השביעי תשבות, למען ינוח שורכה וחמורך, וינפש בין עמתך והגר. מסכף in the context of the agricultural lifestyle of working the land for six years and abstaining from that on the seventh year of Shemitah, and working for six days and resting on the seventh day for the sake of your ox and your donkey, who is who are working in your fields, the Shloshet Regalim are first mentioned. Chag HaMatzot is mentioned as being in the month of Aviv, Aviv referring to the time where the Seora is ripe. Shavuot is referred to as Chag HaKatzir, and Sukkot, and Sukkot is Chag HaAsif. While the Torah does mention the Aliyala Regal aspect as well, it seems that it is connected to the agricultural side, a Thanksgiving festival where crops are brought to the Beit HaMikdash. Parshat Pinchas in Sefer Bamidbar clearly stress, stresses the special activity of korbanot inside the Beit HaMikdash. We read the maftir Anyamim Tovim from Pinchas and Tfilat Musaf on the Rosh Hashid Regalim is taken from it as well. Pinchas, however, is the Mikdash purely from the perspective of the Koanim and relates very little to Amisrael's activity on the regalim. Parashat Re'eh, of course, fills in that niche. Here the mitzvah Aliala Regal is for, is clearly formulated. <laughs> sham tizbachat hapesach baarev kvoa shamash murit zayitkha regarding shavuot it says vesamachta lifnei adonai elohekha ata uvinkha uvitkha veavdkha vaamatkha vehalavi shebi sha'rekha vehagam vehayatom ve'amana shebikha bamekom ashevcha adonai elohekha leshaken shmo sham and finally bay chag sukot shivat yamim tahog ladunai lohecha, bamakoma sherif haar adunai. Kiyavare kechaadunai lohecha, beho to voatecha, ovechomaase adecha, vehayita ach sameach. Shalosh pe amim bashanah, yera echol zukuracha et lohecha, bamakoma sherif haar, behag ham matzot, hashavuot, uvehag hasukot, velo yera ech pene adunai rekam. Clearly, on each chag we are demanded to be bamakoma sherif haar Hashem, the final pasuk, also summarizes this idea of Aliyala HaRagel. As an aside to our listeners in Chutz Laaretz, I would like to point out that the parasha of Aliyal at the end of parashat Re'eh is appropriately read on every regel. But this is true only in Chutz Laaretz. In Eretz Yisrael, we never read that parasha on Yom Tov. I once heard from my father-in-law that apparently it is more important to remind the Jews dwelling in Chutz Laaretz about the mitzvah of Aliyal HaRagel. yavin. Finally, at the heart of Parshat Emor, our Parshat Shavua, is the Moadim. We read this Parsha on the first day of Chol in Israel of Pesach, and we also read it on the first day of Sukkot. Parshat Moadim in Emor seems to fuse together some of the different elements that we see in the other Parshiot. On every Moed, it is mentioned, with the exception of Shavuot, the Musafim by briefly being alluded to in a statement of te Hashem. The agricultural element is also to be noticed. The Korban HaOmer and the Korban shtehalechem of Shavuot rotate around the agricultural calendar and therefore the Torah deemed appropriate to interject Hilchot Pea at this junction. Likewise, the Arba Minim mentioned at the end of the parasha with regard to Chag HaSukot, seem to have a strong agricultural orientation to Sukkot as Chag HaAsif. The element that seems to be in the forefront of Parshat Emor, however, is the element of the unique mitzvot mitzvot of each and every moed. In this year, we will attempt to tie in the unique mitzvot of the Shloshet Regalim to the element that seems to be missing in the Parshah, and that is the element of how Amisrael relates to the Mikdash on the Regalim. It is well known that Rav Soloveitchik, Zichrona Livracha, contrasted our Amidah Lifnei Hashem on Shabbat to our Amidah Lifnei Hashem on Yom Tov. Shabbat is a day where we bring Hashem into our homes, while Yom Tov is a day that we go into Hashem's house. This, of course, has its greatest expression in the mitzvah of Alial HaRegel. On Shabbat, we are not commanded to be olele regal, where on shloshet we are. The difference between Shabbat and Yom Tov expresses itself also in a halakha that is relevant today. The Shulchan Aruch in Orach Taf Kuf kaftet writes that Yom Tov clothing should be of a higher quality than that of Shabbat clothing. This fits in perfectly with the idea mentioned. On Shabbat, Hashem Kivyachol is being hosted in our homes, so while we wear good clothing, we are in our homes and there is no need to to wear our finest. However, on Yom Tov, when we are being hosted in Hashem's house, then we wear our best clothing. In this year, we will take this idea one step further and attempt to show how the unique mitzvot of each and every chag, at least of the Shloshet Regalim, express an attempt to elevate our lives and our homes from good Jewish homes to homes that integrate the standards of the Beit HaMikdash into them. In Perkav Gimel Pasuk Vav of this week's parsha, we read, The main characteristic of the first of the Regalim is Matzot. And of course, next to it, the prohibition of chametz. Typically, when we view the idea of Matzot on the seven-day seven day rego, we relate it back to Yitziat Mitzrayim. As the Pasuk in Parashat Bo describes, In other words, Chag Matzot, being one of the earliest Mitzvot, does not relate to anything in the world of Mitzvot prior to it, because there was not anything before it to relate it to. Therefore, the significance of the matzot is vis-a-vis its historical context. However, halachically, we know that the concept of chametz, the concepts of chametz and matzah, do appear in another concept, context. In Vayikra Parakay, in the context of the Korban Mincha, the Torah states the following. In the Beit HaMikdash, in the context of Korbanot, throughout the 365 days of the year, chametz was prohibited. The exceptions were, The Korban Sh'tehalechem on Shavuot, which we will touch upon later on in the shir, and the ten loaves of chametz brought with the Korban Todah, though those loaves were not brought on the Mizbeach. Different ideas exist as to the significance and the meaning of the prohibition of chametz. If we take one approach, one that was adapted from Rav Shabtai Rapoport, then the message regarding the Sur of chametz in the Beit HaMikdash is the following. Chametz is the bread which is complete. It has gone through the entire process of leavening, and it is a a good piece of bread that can last. And matzah is the bread which was not allowed to be completed. Matzah is therefore incomplete. In our Amidah Lifnei Hashem, which in the Beit HaMikdash is most intense, and most impossible to shunt aside, we are never allowed to have a sense of completion there is no completion lifnei Hashem. In our daily lives, outside of the Beit HaMikdash, where the Amidah Lifnei Hashem is accentuated only at certain key moments, during tefillah, while learning, perhaps when we do mitzvot, but not, but it is not in the forefront at most times, we are permitted to eat chametz because what we eat is not directly related to our Amidah Lifnei Hashem. But, in the Beit HaMikdash, our Amidah is constantly and perhaps overwhelmingly entirely Lifnei Hashem. That being the case, with the exception of the two exceptions we mentioned, it is constantly inappropriate to have any sense of completion, and therefore Chametz is inappropriate to be brought on the Mizbech. When we now view Chag HaMatzot, not from the vantage point of the first holiday in history, but a holiday that comes at a regular point during the year and relates to the life patterns that take place during that year, we have a new perspective. On Chag HaMatzot, we are commanded to purge our homes of chametz in order to bring something of the lifestyle of the Beit HaMikdash into our homes. It is important to note that on Chag HaMatzot, which will soon be contrasted to Sukkot, we are mimicking the Beit HaMikdash from a, prohi- pro- from a prohibitive, inactive perspective. With the exception of Leil HaSeder, we do not actively live a lifestyle of Mikdash, but we accept upon ourselves the stringencies and prohibitions of the Beit Mikdash. What we have seen up until this point is that complementing the mitzvah of going to the Mikdash on Chag HaMatzot, we are also commanded through the main mitzvah of the Chag, to raise our lives to the standards in the Beit Mikdash. If we skip to Chag HaSukkot, we will see a similar but different orientation. The main mitzvah of Chag HaSukkot is of course, Yeshiva BaSukah. Many of the key elements of Sukkot in Masechet Sukkah relate the Sukah to the Beit Mikdash. As I heard in Shurim from Rav Rosenzweig. Firstly, the Yerushalmi in the second parak of Sukkah, quoted by the Tosfot in the Bavli in the second parak, states, Ma Tama rabeliezer? N'emar kan teishvu. V'n'emar lehalaan ufetach ohel moed yeshvu yomam v'layla. Ma yeshiva sh'n'emar lehalaan asa ba halilot Kiyamim af yeshiva sh'n'emar kan nasa et halilot ki The Yerushalmi learns from a pasuk regarding the miluim in the Mishkan that just as in the miluim the kohanim lived in the Mishkan for seven days, day and night, so too we are commanded to live in the sukkah for seven days, day and night. It is apparently appropriate to connect sukkah to the Mishkan, otherwise this limud would not hold water. Secondly, the Bavli in the first parak of Sukkah, according to the opinion that the Sukkot that B'nai Yisrael traveled in while in the desert were real Sukkot, learns that the schach of the Sukkah must not be mekabel Tum'ah and must grow from the ground from Korban chagiga. Mekish <speaking> Sukkah Lechagigah. Ma chagiga davar no mekabel Tum'ah? V'gidulo min ha'aretz, <city> Once again, if these crucial halachot of schach can be derived from korban chagiga, then the world of sukkah and the world of korbanot must be related to each other. Furthermore, while the sukkah seems to be a house, and in a house we may have our dirty pots, and we may go to the bathroom in our house, And we may hang laundry in our house. And therefore all these actions should be permitted in a sukkah. In fact, all these actions are prohibited in the sukkah. The sukkah is not just a place of dwelling. It is a kadosh place of dwelling in which all these activities are inappropriate. Just like in the Beit HaMikdash. And without without exhausting all the examples, one last example. The essential nature of the mitzvah of yeshiva basukah relates to the mikdash. The mikdash is the physical meeting point between Am Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, where we sacrifice animals and eat them. And I stress the eating as part of our avodat Hashem. So too in the sukkah, we take most of our physical activities and transform them into mitzvot that we do l'fnei Hashem. Once again we see that the regal of Sukkot not only demands of us to go to the Beit HaMikdash to visit Hashem, but it also demands of us to change our lives and living environment to the standards of the Beit HaMikdash. By, of course, living in the Sukkah. On Sukkot, differently than Chag we are demanded to adapt our lives not only to the prohibitions of the Beit HaMikdash, but we are demanded to actively live a lifestyle of Mikdash where all our physical actions are mitzvot in the kadosh environment of the sukkah. Finally, we arrive at Shavuot. On Shavuot today, we of course have no mitzvot, and the tikkun lal Shavuot has become the centerpiece of the Chag. However, if we once again transport ourselves to the time and place where there was Mikdash, and reflect on the nature of Shavuot. We will see that Shavuot too fits into the rubric that we have developed, albeit in a unique manner. On Shavuot, the only mitzvah of the day can be that the only mitzvah of the day can be performed in the Beit Hamikdash. In our parsha, the Torah describes. <laughs> Adim Maharata Shabata Shvit Suru Hamishim Yom Vikrafteminha Dashala Hashem. After we count the seven weeks of Svirata Omer, we reach the fiftieth day, upon which we bring a new Mincha. What is the Mincha? The, the Torah continues to describe. Mimoshevotechem, Taviu Lechem Tenufa, Shitaim Shnei Esronim, Solit Tihena, Khamet Teafena, ביקורים לאשם ועקרבתם על הלחם שבעת כבשים תִּמִּימִים בני שנה ופר בן בקר אחד וְאִילִים שְׁנָיִם יהיו עולה לאשם ומן חתם ונשכיהם אישי ריח ניחוח להשם. ועשיתם סירי יזים אחד לחתת ושני חבשים בני שנה לזבח של עמים אותם על what we've read here is the Korban of shtei alechem that is brought in the Mikdash on Shavuot. In contrast to how we fulfill it today, on Shavuot there really is a unique mitzvah. Though it appears to be a korban musaf, it is not. There is a different korban musaf mentioned in Parshat Pinchas for Shavuot. This is the mitzvah of the day. Just like on Sukkot, we sit in the Sukkah and we take Arba Minim. And just like on Pesach, we, we, we do not eat chametz, so too on Shavuot, we bring the korban of Sh'te in contrast to Chag HaMatzot and Chag Shavuot, where through their unique mitzvot, we saw that there was an element of transforming our homes and lives into some element of Mikdash, on Shavuot, there is no such transformation of the home. In fact, the only mitzvah that can be performed is in the Mikdash. So how in fact does Shavuot fit... Into what we have been describing, the message of this gap that exists by shavuot is clear. There are times when we attempt to bring mikdash into our homes, on chag HaMatzot, through adopting the prohibitions of the mikdash, and on chag hasukot through adopting an active lifestyle of mikdash. However, ultimately, the intensity. And levels of tushah that Am Yisrael achieve in the Mikdash cannot truly be achieved in our everyday lives. In relating to the Mikdash, the Torah left out one chag that is Kulo Mikdash to stress that ultimately there is no real replacement for the Mikdash. We can try to bring Mikdash into our lives and at certain times and in certain ways we can even be successful. But in no way can that replace the Mikdash. Shavuot says to us, in order to truly have the experience of Mikdash, we need the Mikdash. I would like to conclude with the following remark. If on Chag one could feel ambivalent about the need to do Ali al Regal, Why should I go to the Mikdash... If I can make my own home into a mikdash. And if on Chagas Sukkot, one could also feel that same feeling of of, of ambivalence by saying, why should I go to the mikdash? I can make my sukkah into the mikdash. Shavuot, as we have explained, leaves no room for this feeling of ambivalence. Everyone will feel the clear need to go to the mikdash on Ali Alaregel to infuse the mikdash into their lives. How appropriate then that Hashem's response to this would be, Davka on Shavuot, to command a Korban of Chametz? Hashem, the host par excellence, says to us, If you recognize the need for mikdash in your lives, and all come to me on Shavuot, then you can bring the food from your world into my world. Because, of course, what we are doing is we are taking chametz, the food that we eat, and we're permitted to eat the whole year except for Pasach, and we bring it on the Mizbeach that never accepts chametz except for on Shavuot. With this is sealed the ultimate merger of Amisra with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we bring our food that is prohibited in God's world into the Mikdash, onto the Mizbeach. There is no better moment to sense a feeling of completion, where chametz, the complete food, can find its way, if only for one day a year, into our Amidalifnei Hashem, even in the Mikdash. Shabbat Shalom and Chag Shavuot Smeach.
0: You have been listening to the Shiyur in Parshat of Pashat Emor by Rav Jonathan Snowbell. Today's Alecha Skipping towards the to the end of Shmonesrei, the Gemara says that when one finishes Shmonesrei, one should take three steps back and noten shalom, give shalom to take one's one's parting from God, limino small the way the poskim understand this is that one takes three steps back. The Gemara says that those three steps should be taken bekiya achat while bowing, and then when saying the pasuk oses shalom Rumav to the left, hu shalom to the right, I call Yisrael to bow forward, vemu amen. The Beit Yosef already points out that most people do this in a manner that doesn't seem to be what the Gemara says. That is, that when they, they begin to say, O they take three steps back. But the Gemara says explicitly, once you take three steps back, and then, v'achar ken, noten shalom Afterwards, he gives peace, he gives shalom to his left. And therefore, the uh, Beit Yosef says, and almost all Postkim quotes that one should take the three steps back, bikriya, while bowing forward, without saying anything. After you get to the end of the three steps, you've left God's presence, then you say goodbye, you say shalom, by turning to the left, turning to the right, shalom, and bowing in front of yourself, bowing in front of Al Israel Vim So again there is it, it's it's coming minag even today. The Beit Yosef says it was a Minag in his time, and it's still, I think, the common Minag. It's it's partial human nature that you begin immediately to say, oh, say Shalom. The proper way to do it is to take three steps backward without saying anything, while bowing forward and then when you get to the end, turning to the left, turning to the right, and bowing again in front in front of oneself. There is some question about the imu amen in the end. Uh, you davening by yourself, tefillah silently, the imu amen and say amen. Who are you saying that to? There was some poskim who the chazan would say imu amen, but a private person simply said amen. amen. But the meaning and all the sidurim is to say imu amen, and the explanation given and then quoted by by the poskim is that you are saying imu amen to the angels who are accompanying you. Now, there's one place the Gemara says with well, two angels accompany a person everywhere. I don't think we normally talk to them, though. I think here the idea is that if we were in the presence of God when saying because Tefillah is defined as being, O Lifnei standing in God's presence, if you were in God's presence, when you said when Esri, when you take the three steps backwards you're leaving God's presence. So I think the angels accompany you. And therefore, you say Imma amen to to them because you're leaving God's presence. The angels, which were the angels of God, so you 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 say to them, well, let us all say amen to the blessing of peace. Theoset shalom bimomav. It's a very very beautiful idea. Literally, how to understand the angels accompanying man is a different question, but nonetheless, part of the leaving God's presence at the end of oset shalom, the way it works out, we say Imma amen. Is we take the angels with us? You might think the angels stay. No, they come with us, and therefore you say Imo Amein to then. The Minag quoted by the Rama is that after one finishes that, there's another section. Keep adding things. To we say Yehu the Ratzon, sheibaneh Beit Hamikdash b'mehav Since Tefillah is Avodah it's God's service in the heart, and it's parallel, taking the place and extending. Avodah Shabbat Mikdash, the real presence of God was in the Mikdash, so having Davin and not been in the Mikdash, we feel a certain lacking, something missing. And therefore the last thing we say is, you should restore the Beit HaMikdash and the real Avodah that was in the Mikdash, and then we will actually serve you properly, fully, the way we were supposed to. And, B'meir havi Amen. That's it for today. Tomorrow we'll be back with the Arab Shabbat program. It's the first Arab Shabbat program since the Pesach break. This is Ben Ezra Beck. Wishing you kol tov Bekat haTorah Mitzion Umeitzion. You've been listening to KMTT, broadcast by Mishiva Taratzion here in Alon Shvut in Eretz Israel. Ki te Teitzay Torah Udvah Hashem MiYerushalayim.